Welcome everyone to the Archie Sonic Digest. What an excellent way to come back in after the introductory period to one Ian Flynn. His first 10 issues on the comics were the last issues we covered, which our guy was basically just on the Janny duty, but he left the office looking real clean. Real clean. Yeah, you know, there's some little dirty spots around the corners, but you know, that can be fixed. Maybe you can, we can ignore him. We can ignore him. You know, we, we like the guy, so we can we're willing to overlook some spots here and there. That's 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 not Ian Flynn though. Ian Flynn sees the dirty spots, the little corners, the the little the little crevices. One might say it says no, no. I want this office fucking clean. So there is more janitorial duty this episode, but oh, but 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 but. Oh man, he's throwing out furniture right now. <laughs> he's throwing we out get, furniture. We get some of his best work in this episode. I mean that. This is early into Ian Flynn's run, but my god, what a setup, and what a follow-through. And man, I have a hell of a thing to say when we get to a, a certain comic, because, oh my god, when I read that issue, my, my the cylinders in my brain were firing at every speed. But, speaking of which, I am that speed. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> co-host, hey, look at that, what a, what a great transition into this, huh? I know, we're, we're so, we're, you're so good at this, man. You're so good. So good. When, are, when am I getting those ad reads? Come on. You, you, yeah, come on, real. think of it. But anyway, no more. Let's not waste any time. Let's start with our first issue today. Sonic the Hedgehog number 170. Written by Ian Flynn. Art by Tracy Yardley. We begin. Sally is waking at her dad's bedside in a coma and he can't wake up. But Rotor built a machine that might be able to wake him up. But they need a chaos emerald to power it. Sonic says, don't worry about that. Tails and Rotor rigged up a little something-something to make emerald hunting a breeze. And before they head out, uh, Tails looks at the watch his parents gave him, saying that he relates to missing parents and not being able to do anything about it. It's very important. Yeah, very important. Uh, Emo Tails is going to be a thing uh, in this set of comics. So uh, I-, I hope you're ready for, for Emo Tales. Emo Tales, but unfor- unfortunately we're going to have to wait to next episode to get an answer for that. So Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, just play like every uh, early 2000s emo song at once whenever he's talking, you know, and you just kind of have the kid. Listen, it's justified, but also like I, I got to poke fun at it. it. In like, the moment, it is it is a little silly. Yes, I agree with you. Yes, yes, yes. Now they're in the lab. Rotor and Tails show Sonic what they made. Uh, they're called Star Posts. Think the checkpoints from the game, because that's literally what it is. <laughs> wow, it's it's almost it's almost it, it, game concepts. Game concepts in my video game comic. I know, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> wow, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have fucking thought? They warp into the space where the Chaos Emeralds are held. What was formerly known as the Zone of Silence, having been radically transformed due to the millions of Chaos Emeralds launched in there. Having nowhere to go and no idea where to start, Sonic and Tails just are their mouth agape. 
but we pan out and we see the orb that they're being held up on by a large demigod being named Faust saying he will be the judge. Now Sonic is uh is gearing up to fight, but Faust just says, "Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. I am in your favor." Faust was banished to the Zone of Silence by his former master Ixis Nagus, and with the Chaos Emeralds in the Zone of Silence, it gave him power beyond belief, even showing that he was the one that consolidated the Chaos Emeralds into the seven we see here. And with their power, he can shape and reshape the zone as he feasts fit. Right now, looking like the globe special stages from Sonic 3. Very cute. The fact that they brought a character back from, I think it's issue 43, and then made him a very important character in this instance is very funny. Uh, Also, uh, Ian Flynn janitorial duty on the Zone of Silence. Uh, Ian Flynn janitorial duty on the Chaos Emeralds. Uh, That body's in the dumpster now. Yeah, yeah, it's in the dumpster. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. Fun. Fun, nice, really giving us some familiarity. Sonic just nonchalantly asking a demigod, like, yo, can I have one of your gemstones, buddy? You know, considering that the the former King Acorn is, like, really sick and, like, needs one to be healed, man. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Sure. Have an emerald. (laughs) On the house. (laughs) On the house. Um, literally though, Feist just says that like, nah, what you've done in the past, that's trial fucking enough, buddy. Here you go. On the house. They give him the gray emerald and they shove off. Even Sonic running out the door into the warp to saying, close it, close it, close it, close it, close it. (laughs) Uh, Feist does mention, however, that he shall not grant another chaos emerald so easily. Uh, as next time they try to come back and ask, uh, you will be challenged as I see fit. A little bit of foreshadowing, but... Teeny, teeny tiny bit. A little teeny tiny bit. But it's very, very nice that um, that we have something to look forward to if they decide to go back, you know? Now, we move uh, back into the room. Rotor and Quack rig Max to the machine, surrounded by Alicia, Sally, and Elias, who can only hope for the best. And with the Chaos Emerald inside, Rotor throws the switch, which shocks King Max's body, even like elevating him exorcist style. It's very interesting to it's see. The, it's the picture of SpongeBob elevating in the air, glowing. That's the, uh, that, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that one, you know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, and he's back. He's okay. He opens his eyes and just calls for his wife and quack checks his pulse. He's good. And his first question is just, how's the kingdom? To which Elias says, stand strong. And he is hes quite moved to see his son as king. With that little situation done and dusted, Sally then leads the Freedom Fighters to their refurbished old headquarters as Sonic and Tails leave satisfied. But before they leave the castle, Sally comes to them, giving them back the Chaos Emerald, saying Merlin wants to do something with it. And they go to Freedom Fighter HQ. They cross Knuckles on the way, saying that Merlin asked for his guiding star gem when Daddy got way back when. Do you see the sweeping going on? He's doing janitorial duty. Do you do you see this? By the way, by the way, I just want to point out, right? Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles are in the same panel, same frame, with only one other character around them right now, who is Merlin. When was the last time this happened? Uh. Not counting the Sonic Riders adaption. Yeah. 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 The 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 we're seeing our boys team Sonic. Like, come on. 
How the fuck has this never happened before? This is this this makes me very happy. Just I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> As needed. So As needed. Merlin's idea, he wants to use the Guiding Star Gem and the Chaos Emerald to open a portal to Argentum, the planet where Tails' parents are, and get them back. So the four sit in a circle, campfire style. Gem and Emerald in the middle. Knuckles, guide the Chaos Energies. Tails, use your heart to look for your parents. Merlin is there to hold everyone together. Sonic's just there to have fun. And also he uh, complains that he thinks Fiona would like to be there. We'll get to hmm. this. We'll get to this. So in that instance, they warp to Argentum. Sonic in the place looks trashed, war torn. Sonic saying it's not. It does not look like how it was when I left it. And Sonic shows Knuckles that there are spaceships above that are of the Zorda. As Tails instantly sees his parents and runs towards them, Merlin trying to get his attention to come back. And Knuckles figures that's probably why the Zorda never came back. But Sonic says that there are other ships that are not of the BEM. And wherever Tails' parents are, Amadeus and Rosemary Prower, her saying that the other ships are those of the Black Arms. Their fight started months ago, and their fight won't stop anytime soon. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. No, don't take me back to that game. I can't remember it. I can't. I can't. No, well, no, you know what? no. This is also uh, indirectly part of his Janny duties because now we are guaranteeing we're not going to see them again. Thank you, Ian. You've saved us from this pain. Shadow the Hedgehog is a bad game. Don't defend it. <laughs> so uh, Sonic is just like, hold, uh, hold that thought. And then he rushes to get Tails and Merlin. Rosemary hugs Merlin, Amadeus saying, like, ah, we, uh, we'd probably see you sooner or later, buddy. But th- but he says the thanks should go to their son, and sheepishly, Tails goes to them. And Rosemary, in tears, happy to see Tails big and healthy, he said, you know, thanks, you know, everyone calls me Tails, you know, hey. And Tails it is, they're just happy to see him again, as Sonic and Knuckles bring the gems back to head back to Mobius. And, you know, that's exactly what happens here. We then skip to Tails bringing his parents to Castle Acorn to see Elias, who welcomes them with open arms. Amadeus saying that he's encouraged to see the kingdom grow so prosperously, and Elias offers Amadeus to be part of his court, which he instantly accepts. He says he wants to be part of Knothole's future, and his time abroad showed him many new ideas that he can't wait to share with the kingdom. This is very important. Yes, very important. So Sonic is in at the cemetery. He's at the gravestones of Tommy and Connery. He's waiting for Fiona, but someone else shows up. It's Knuckles. Basically just asking, like, Sonic, what the fuck are you doing hanging around a graveyard? What's wrong with you, buddy? He's just kind of, like, in a little bit of a shock. He's lost a lot of people in the past. Knuckles kind of figures and kind of relates, you know. The Brotherhood are still lost. The villain count's going up. So, uh... We're kind of in a little bit of a hard place here, don't you think? But they leave together, and Knuckles just assures him their sacrifices won't be in vain. One day we'll beat Eggman. And besides, we've got friends all over the world. And Sonic wonders, though, about one in particular, Shadow. Weird he considers him a friend right now, because he officially works for Eggman, but Sonic, deep down, is like, nah, I don't think he's a bad guy, per se. So then we transition to New Megapolis, Shadow walking to Eggman and Snively, and he confronts Eggman for keeping Gerald's diary a secret from him, and he demands 
chaos energy charged fists to hand it over. That's the end of that story. With, with that cliffhanger on us, uh, we do have a secondary story, which is um, uh, totally different, let's say, because uh, it was written by Mike Gallagher and art done by Dave Manak. Very familiar uh, team in the past. If you're hold- if you're thinking anything, just hold on it. Let's let's get through this. It's uh very interesting. Sonic, their man just running in the forest. He says he has a day off and you know just just having fun and having a relaxing time. As he trips and falls into an old Robotnik spy base, finding plans from Robotnik and Robotropolis, he finds a map to an island that Robotnik set up where if a badnik was damaged, they'd go there for repairs leaving Sonic to go check on said island. Upon reaching land, Sonic sees the island is made entirely of metal, as he's hit over the head and knocked out. And later, Sonic wakes up, tied to a board by a set of badniks. Uh, they're noted as being the ones shown in the original Sonic miniseries. So, what's going on with that? Why now? Uh, I guess they just kind of said, fuck it, bring him back, bring him back, fuck it, why not, bring him back. So, a badnik sees Sonic shaking, thinking he's scared, but what actually was, he was vibrating at supersonic speed to break free of the bands, and smashes all the badniks in line. As he's uppercut by a robot, that looks like Sonic. It's not Metal Sonic, though. It's a different kind, called Pseudo-Sonic, specifically from issue 9, where this robot <laughs> was sent to impersonate Sonic while he was dealing with a case of poison sumac. So what the fuck is this? So, I don't know how to feel about this, but I kind of think it's based. I kind of think it's based. Like, this is like, kind of fun, you know? Like, it's, it's, okay. So it's obviously cool that they're bringing back the oldest facets of Archie. The oldest facets of this comic. But, like... It's also cute how the tone is also very similar. It's a side story. I don't think it's necessarily supposed to be super serious in nature, but I guess they were like, hey, let's make an old, an older styled Sonic comic where it's a little bit more loose and freeform and quippy and fun. And it's like, yeah, this is cute. I really like it. <laughs> so Sonic just decides to indulge and fight the robot, but... Weirdly are evenly matched, so another badnik suggests a different challenge. Walk 50 paces across for each other, run each other at full speed. Whoever survives the encounter is the winner. Then they butt heads. Sonic is flung to the ocean near his board, but the vibration from the hit is causing the island to sink. And it does so like a rock. And Sonic just calls it a day and heads home. But in reality, the island was purposely sunk to the ocean floor by the Badniks, air dome surrounding it, so they can repair Pseudo-Sonic after taking the hit. And they're spying on Sonic as he goes home. That's the end of that story, and actually, uh, this is the last story that Mike Gallagher wrote. Fun fact. We oh, will- that explains a lot then. This is probably his loving tribute to, uh, to the work he did on the comic. It right? could also be, it could also have been a, uh, a shelved script and story and art that they never got around to, po- to, uh, printing, potentially. Yep. But, yep. either way, very nice. A nice little tribute to, uh, to a bygone era, let's say. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, Mike Gallagher did a lot of good stuff for this comic. 
He was a very, very, very good person, and I appreciate all the effort he put in. So yeah, it it may have not been super deep, but it was fun. I can say that much. Yep, agreed. So that's Sonic One Seventy done. Now let's move on to uh One Seventy One. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. We open. Shadow is holding Eggman and Snively, the latter by his seven strands of hair, demanding to know where is Professor Gerald's diary. Eggman refuses to budge, so then he returns to Snively, him screening, anything but my hair. Do Please, for the love of God, do not, please, please. And Shadow just looks him in the eye and says, the diary. And he squeals it's in Eggman's private chambers. And Shadow accepts the answer, but still rips his hair out for wasting his time and throws the two of them down. So Snively is having this meltdown, right? Eggman's like, you traitor! And he's like, he took my hair! And he's like, so what? Bald is beautiful! Yeah, come on! Come on! Come on, man. And he's like, those were my last six hairs! Um, so Shadow, finally having the diary of his creator, opens it and finds the disc that contains everything. And he understands immediately that he can't safely investigate it with Eggman around. Mm-hmm. So... Where does he turn to next, folks? Well, let's see. Let's move on to uh, Freedom HQ. Sonic comes in looking for Fiona, and Tails reacts to him almost kind of scared and leaves without saying a word. But Knuckles just comes in afterward, airborne in hand, asking if they're... You know, having some difficulties. Sonic says, like, eh, not that I know of. And Sonic just says he he knew he had a thing for Fiona, but figured he moved on past it. But, I mean, shit, if this keeps up, he can have her. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeesh. I don't, that's not a very Sonic moment, I think, but, you know, he's on Janny duty. <laughs> he's on Janny duty. He's, he's just, he's just cranking it out. Um, an interesting little note is that, uh... Knuckles is actually holding uh, Extreme Gear mm-hmm. in uh, in one of the panels, which means that technically, the uh, Sonic Riders adaptation mini comic was 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 a thing that happened. Yeah, it it's canon. canon. Yeah, a lot of the uh, early adaptions in the Inflins run are canon. We'll we'll let you know when they're not. Let's just leave it at that. We will say that. Yes, Knuckles just figures that like she just keeps on disappearing on him. So it's just like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tails flies back in, screaming for help. He saw Shadow running to Knothole, but he's under attack by flying Ed Pons shooting lightning at him, one of which hits the corner of the disc, right as Sonic smashes the two pawns. And Shadow complains that couldn't you have shown up ten fucking seconds earlier? As Sonic says, oh yes, Shadow, you're very much welcome. We're so glad we could have helped. Your gratitude touches me. To which Shadow is like, oh, I, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Which is which is crazy because this is, fellas. We have to have a discussion I about think. Shadow the Hedgehog. I think it's. I think is it is it time to you talk about? Why not? Why not? Okay. Okay. I think we're jumping the gun a little, but I think it's important to 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 frame this. So why are we talking about Shadow in the middle of this? Because this moment right here is why people care about Shadow. Okay. Shadow when Meikawa, who was the writer of Adventure 1 all the way up until Black Knight, which was his last work, wrote Shadow in such a way that he was angsty and edgy, but he was also somebody who had a complex personality. He's brooding by nature, right? 
he's cocky, he's snarky, he's very much the same as Sonic is, right? Which is the, the whole theme of Adventure 2. The two are, are very parallel in a lot of ways, but how they go about the, their, their actions and how they portray it is very different, right? Right, right. So, Shadow is a great character because over the course of the games that he's in, he comes to realize and understand that, like, who he is is irrelevant. He already is his own person, right? He, he, him living and, and being somebody who helps and protects the earth is what Maria wanted. And it's beautiful and really, really meaningful. I don't like what happens in Shadow the Hedgehog, as I mentioned earlier, because I think that game doesn't, yeah. Or in the IDW comics. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But I think that, like, I don't know, it, 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 it just shows depth is what it is. A lot of people like to sh- the shit on the characterization of Sonic characters because they're like mostly one note. And they are they, – there's a degree of truth to that. But that's just kind of a more recent thing. In the adventure era, Sega really tried to allow depth of these characters. And for the most part, I'd say they did a good job. I would agree with that. I think that a lot of the characters in the adventure era all the way up until Black Knight were – um very much characters who had depth, uh, they had purpose, uh, they had stories that felt ongoing and meaningful, and their progression as people was very interesting to watch. And, you know, even Sonic, to an extent, who was a mostly static character, like, the the moments where, you know, he did kind of have that that level-up moment, or like that that realization moment, where he drops the, the snark and the attitude and is very sincere, is like, a big reason why people connected with the character in that era, and it's the same with Shadow, Right? When, when push comes to shove, Shadow is somebody who's afraid. He's afraid of knowing who and what he is. Because ultimately, that means that he doesn't have a purpose anymore. But he finds through Rouge and Omega and working for, you know, G-U-N in the games that he does have a purpose, right? He gets to carry out Maria's wish to make sure the people on the planet uh, of, of Earth keep living and, and being themselves and, and, and enjoying life every day. Live and learn, bro! It's literally the song title! What the f- Come on, dude. Think. Just use Think. your brain cells. Just use your brain cells. But yeah, so, that's that's the game's answer. So, potentially, what could the uh, answer be with the comics? Well, it's Ian Flint, so it's probably a similar answer, but yeah. let, let's, let's see what's going on here. So, Shadow, after calming down, just shows him the disc. This is the diary of my creator, Professor Gerald. It'll contain answers, I hope, but I I need help scanning this and getting through this data. Can you give me help? And he gives this to Tails, and Sonic welcomes him in. And Tails works through the data, but he says a lot of it is just so old and corrupt. If we dig into it, uh, it might corrupt everything. But Shadow refuses to quit, and Nicole offers a suggestion. Physically interact with the data set. Just give me a couple minutes and we'll get you going. And that's where Knuckles comes in. He overheard all of it, so he says he'll keep an eye on HQ as uh, they go in. And, of course, Sonic tells Knuckles, give Fiona a shout if she comes by. Sonic is thinking with his dick. Sad. My man is thinking with his cock. It's not... It's 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 kind of cringe, honestly. You gotta, you gotta stop, man. Like, come on. 
Sonic, Shadow, and Nicole phase into a digital recreation of the Space Colony arc. And Sonic is surprised to see Nicole have a physical body, just saying, oh, this is just a side project for me. But she's uh, very flattered by his compliment. He's not yeah, stopping. Yeah, uh, because, uh, you know, he's, he's just thinking with his dick right now. Jesus fucking Christ. Anyways. So, uh, Shadow opens a door. And they hear a voice just saying, Shadow, welcome back. And Tails and Knuckles are keeping watch. They're not recognizing who Shadow is seeing, but an intruder alarm blares, and they see, Tails sees, that it's Snively. There's a beacon in the base that's detecting a data transfer. Not saying anything, Tails and Knuckles look at the table where Shadow put the hair he ripped off of Snively, and Tails gives the most perplexed yes you can imagine it's 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 this is a this is one of the shitpost captions but like this isn't a shitpost caption in like the oh my god it's so awful way that we've kind of joked about it's a reaction image that's what it is yeah it's so it's so good it's so good speed can can you put it up for us it's already there what what do you take me for it's already there oh oh how can i how can i how can i see you yeah so bask in its glory it's uh it's truly wonderful. Honestly, in my opinion, this is up there with the uh, the Tails gets trolled face. You know the one. Oh, yeah. Tails, wake up. You fucked up big time. Knuckles. Knuckles. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic. So the so after they realize what happened, Tails is just like, what the? He tracks his fucking hair? What the hell? As Knuckles just says, he's related to Eggman. They're all insane as he runs out the door. <laughs> And so Knuckles meets Snively outside. He's piloting a lobster robot demanding his hair back. And Knuckles... And Knuckles, Knuckles just stands like, there, arms in his side. No. No. <laughs> and just Snively just like goes ballistic. And Knuckles just says, I know what it feels like to be lost without a past. I will not let you take this moment from Shadow. Bro Knuckles, best Knuckles. It's almost like this character is what it should have been this whole time. Yes. Yes, uh, I I will say though uh, the the stoicism from Knuckles is very funny. It's cute. It's uh, it's it's it almost reminds me of the character I care about. Wow. Back in the diary, Shadow meets Maria, happy for the first time in a long time to see his old friend, and just tell her that he's basically been held captive for fifty years, and I've lost my purpose. Maria is just shocked to learn this and says we need to see Grandfather right away and take Sonic and Nicole with them. Shadow's brought back to Gerald, welcoming him like his own son, saying that 50 years is a long time to be lost in the darkness. Ah, it's so good! Listen, Come on, okay. like, like when he just comes in and just says welcome home, son, like that's like, that's right here. That's right in the heart, man. Like that's heartfelt. They're, they're clearly... They're they're clearly on a time schedule, right? But like, the fact that even like datafied versions of Gerald and Maria are like, th- and this is Gerald like pre insanity moment, right? Right is is so are so loving and welcoming to him. It's like the feels, bro. This is peak. And it hits me. It's it's so good. And Sonic, being the little fucking asshole, just says, hey, can you cut to the chase? And Gerald just says, okay. In short, Shadow is meant to be the ultimate protector of Mobius. He originally designed Shadow to be a cure for NIDS, neuroimmune deficiency syndrome, which Maria contracted. That's 
game lore friendly. Game lore friendly. And just hope that he would make a cure within Shadow. But there were a lot of barriers in place, and in desperation, Gerald contacted help from Alien Life, the Black Arms and its leader, Black Doom. In exchange for help, Doom wanted Shadow to be his greatest warrior, imbuing Shadow with his rare chaos control powers, but Gerald at the last minute changed Shadow's coding to be a force for good, and that the Black Comet will be returning in 50 years. But Nicole just says, hey, wait, 50 years. Uh, time's kind of up on that. I, they're kind of late. And Sonic is like, Ed, don't worry about it, Nicole. The Black Arms are fighting with the Zordo right now. We won't have to worry about them. So Ian Flynn looked at the newspaper and was like, wait, this Shadow of the Hedgehog game came out. Sega, give me lore. This sucks. Throws the newspaper away. Okay, we're time skipping it. Maybe we'll do the adaptation one day. Fuck this shit. I'm not dealing. Fuck. Go away. <laughs> Goodbye. Not today. No, 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 no. He's sweeping no, out no. from Sega this time. He's getting bold. Yeah, he said, I got a Janny duty this shit, man. I don't have time for this. And they're, they're just like, whoa. Oh, man. Oh, God. Hold, hold oh. up. I don't know if you can. I can if I want to. We're going. We're going. So Shadow just asks, so then what am I? A cure? A weapon? And Gerald just says flat out, you're a savior. I'm sorry to burden you with this, Shadow, but you are well equipped to answer your calling. You were created with the love I have for the people of Mobius, so you may protect them. Say it with Kino! me. Say it with me. Kino! 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 Oh! It's... Do you, do you see how happy we are over such simple things? Do you see how happy we are over this? Do you want to know why? Because it's what's been missing from this fucking character... For the better part of 10 years. Forget the character, the fucking comic. I mean, it, it goes, but it goes deeper than the comic, right? So to touch back on what we were talking about before, right? Sega has implemented some mandate about Sonic characters, and now their personalities, as, you know, we've kind of hinted and pushed around, are very one note. And Shadow is the character who unfortunately got the biggest fucking culling because he is literally a shitty Vegeta clone. And it sucks. True. He jobs like Vegeta. He acts like Vegeta. He's boring like current Vegeta. I'm sorry. I had to say it. What they're doing with Vegeta right now, they can't... Uh, just please make the stories good. Enough. Let the characters have depth. If people complain, shut the fuck up. Don't care. Listen to the people who play your video games, motherfuckers. God. Depression. Depression. Fuck. Oppression in a can. That's all this is. Oppression in a can. You're right. With that being said, Nicole starts to see that the floor is collapsing. The digital matrix is giving out. And she makes a door to leave out from. She's about to leave and Sonic calls out for Shadow. But he just says he does not want to leave Maria again. But she insists he goes. She'll be with him so long as he holds her in his heart. And a single tear being shed... He says his goodbye and leaves with Sonic and Nicole. We're eating good. We're eating We're real eating good. good. We're eating real good tonight, boys. So Sonic and Shadow phase back in. Sonic's saying he had fun. He had a good time. And Tails tells them about Snively attacking and Knuckles is fighting by himself. Just saying that Snively wants his hair back. And Shadow runs, grabbing Snively's hair on the way as he's about to crush Knuckles' body in a claw as Shadow burrows through the bot, slicing it in two, as Knuckles is able to get out, and Snively cowards behind Rubble. 
Shadow leaving to throw the hair strands in his face, declaring himself the ultimate life form, built in the name of love, the protector of Mobius, run back to Eggman and tell him this is who I am. Come on! Come on! Peak fiction! Raw! Goat! Kino! Everything about this little speech is perfect. This is the best in this is one of the best encapsulations of this character, without a doubt. A hundred percent. I don't know. I feel like our raw emotions just speak for itself because like what more can I say? I love it. I love this. Yeah, I, I really I really cannot um I really can't express anything but uh but complete and total fucking uh complete and total love. I mean when we say when when we say that like Ian Flynn does the work that we want, this is what we're talking about. He gives a fuck so much about the characters. Like so much more than anyone. Why isn't he writing the games? Oh boy, that's a whole other conversation. Knuckles uh, just calls him a show off, but Sonic just waves it away. We'll see him again, but for now, let's find out where Fiona's been up to, huh? He needs some answers. The story does end. We do see some data files on the Master Emerald recaps the story of how we got to that point. The Chaos Emeralds and the Power Rings as well. The Power Rings are revealed to be byproducts of the Chaos Emeralds when they were created. And also some Chow and Flickies. Nothing too much there. The most important thing to take away, the Power Rings were created as like an offset of the Chaos Emeralds. Okay. So you have that information under your belt. Now, now let's move on to the secondary story, shall we? Flynn and Yardley, again, the creative team, and... Focus in on uh, on our favorite father figure, Locke the Echidna. <laughs> I'm so excited! It's coming! It's coming! <laughs> on Angel Island, we see the dingo Nazis in terrorizing the Echidnas. <laughs> as, <a laughs> as Simeon of the Destructic shows up, punching him in the jaw, saying, Not to worry, folks, the Destructics are here to help. And Locke sees onwards, these mangled huts being referred to as Echidnaopolis, and he recognizes these villains, but is surprised to see them helping people. And behind him, from a warp ring, comes out Finitivus, the former Technomage of the Dark Legion, saying that he encountered the Destructics and brought them here to do good. And Locke doesn't really believe this, but Finitivus said, well... You didn't question the help when we kept the Master Emerald from being taken. But if you don't believe me, maybe you'll believe your ancestor. Bringing out Dimitri. Head Orb Dimitri. As you may have seen him in uh, in other future stories. Uh, Head Orb Dimitri is uh, here to stay now. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed his presence. Stay. And he says that Finitivus saved him when the Legion was ripped apart by its civil war. And Locke says, yeah, Dimitri may be my ancestor, but... His line formed the Dark Legion. My family line are still missing. And Finitivus agrees. Yes, look. I tried to look a little bit too. I can't find them. Finitivus proposes a deal. Let myself and the Destructix keep Angel Island and the Master Emerald safe. Take this warp ring. Go look for your family. You know? You have... Nothing to worry about. They all say that the Guardians risked their lives to keep Angel Island safe during the invasion. But you know better, Locke, don't you? And he looks into the ring, and he agrees. Yes, but 
Phaninibus asks if he prefers to ask Knuckles to help. And then instantly, in a fit of anger, just says no and flips the ring up, saying he will be returning frequently to check. And Phaninibus obliges. Locke looks back, seeing that the ding- that the Destructix were done dealing with the dingoes. And as the people are happy and safe, steps into the ring and disappears. And as soon as he leaves, Dimitri says, and I quote, There, I lied to him like you said, monster. Fulfill your end of the bargain. In time, Finitivus says. As they warp to the Master Emerald Chamber, Dimitri says, You said the same thing when you took me apart bit by bit. This indignity cannot go on, neither can my life. The man is literally asking to die, Finitivus. Hey, kill me! Just fucking kill me already! I've taken so many L's! And Phaninibus is just grasping, fondling the Master Emerald, I would say, and says, yes, in time, the Dingo regime will be crushed, and the world will know the power of Dimitri, the power of Enerjack. End of 171. That's a big big cliffhanger! That's a Um, real big cliffhanger, folks. I would like to, you know, I had mentioned previously last episode that, um, you know, around this time is when uh, I was gaining access to the comic. And I remember this issue, issue and several of the issues after as issues I read. A lot of childhood nostalgia flooding back into you right now. Yeah. I really like these issues. They're really good. 172. Flynn and Yardley are the creative team once again. So we open on Amy, about to smash Fiona with her hammer, saying, How could you? Sonic trusted you with his heart. And Fiona just dodges both the accusation and the hammer. Amy's saying that she knows. Tails told her everything. From Sleuth Dog, she's been cheating on Sonic with Scourge. Which is a very weird thing to think about. If you really think about it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, dude, I'm I'm fucking the blue hedgehog, but I'm actually fucking his alter ego on the side, and he's the real boyfriend. I don't want to think about it. Uh, Fiona backs off, uh, saying that it's not like she was serious about Sonic or anything, and pisses Amy off, but landing on top of her hammer, refuses to tell Sonic the truth, and even in front, even if Amy testifies in front of all a knothole, it's not like Sonic will believe her. You pan out, Sonic is hanging out on the windowsill, saying, eh, yeah, that's probably true. I I do take what Amy says with a grain of salt. And Amy rushes to him, you know, trying to explain everything at once. But Sonic just says, hey, stop. I've been looking for her anyway. I want to hear this from her. As we see tails flying overhead, spying on them. We move into the forest. Sonic just wants answers. Yeah, she has a sketchy past. And her disappearing every now and again is making things a little questionable. And Fiona just says, well, I thought you didn't care about my past. Sonic says, yeah, but this is kind of affecting the now, he says. The now, like when Fiona stopped beating Bark from crashing his birthday party, or when she gave up everything she knows about Rouge. And hey, look, she helped. Sonic's not saying that she didn't. And yeah, I'll even take into consideration that Scourge and Sleuth are lying. I trust Amy and Tails, though. And Tails is currently being seen flying overhead. Sonic, but also he notices... Uh, she didn't show any interest in him until Scourge impersonated him. And since then, it's just been weird. Fiona says she's trying the hero thing out. And being with Sonic, maybe, you know, I could have found some kind of a middle ground. Not understanding, uh, Scourge is behind them. Just saying to Sonic that she just wishes that you had a backbone. So then the facade drops. 
Fiona just uh, says, hey, sweetie. Scourge says, sup, babe. And after Fiona found out she liked the wrong person, she tried to find some attraction in Sonic, but uh, just couldn't. As Fiona walks away into Scourge's arms, just says to Sonic, you couldn't hold down a princess. You couldn't win over my girl. And Amy says to say nothing of it. Fiona couldn't get over the virtuous hero thing, and Sonic, understandably, is fucking pissed. But Tails swoops down, tears in his eyes, his voice is cracking. Just He just says to her, I understand you not liking me, but can you like just not be with Scourge, of all people? And then Fiona just gently caresses his face, just says to him, Tails, you're very smart, but you never learned an important lesson. You can't trust anyone. As she, like, smacks him with full force across the face, which throws him down. Sonic tries to catch him, and Tails is just stunned at what happened. And Tails looks at Sonic, still crying. The only thing he says to him is, just get him. A lot happened here. I think we need to to take a break and think about it. So am I going to be the one to say it? Do you want to say it? NTR moment, NTR moment, NTR moment, NTR moment, NTR moment. I'm sorry. It, it just... This is this is something that's like... It's kind of expected at this point with how much Fiona has not been showing her face. Like, we knew there was going to be some twist, right? But, like, the way that it's handled is... See, this is what I was talking about when I was talking about the janitorial duty stuff, how sometimes it can be kind of messy. Yeah, this is a pretty big spill. And uh, Ian's trying to clean it up, but uh, I think he's doing do so- it. You can only do so much. You're right because yeah, um, it's like uh, I don't know. Uh, like I, I understand like why this is happening. I understand like the reasoning behind it, but it's just in that in that zone of like, damn, this is too fucked. Like this, right? that's the thing. Like. You, th- this is why a lot of people would also say that, like, a lot of uh, the things that Ian Flynn has done in the writing are subject to similar things that uh, previous writers have done in the past. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? What is he supposed to do? Right. It's like, remember, you, for a long time, it's like Ian Flynn was trying to take the comic in the direction that he thought it was heading. So a lot of these decisions were probably made with the idea of like, okay, we need to clean up as much of this as possible and then redirect it into some sort of meaningful story. Because where it was going originally didn't fucking go anywhere. Didn't go anywhere. So like this had to happen, but I'm, I don't know. It just, it reaches like a breaking point where it's like, oh. Yeah, you just read this and I'm like, wow, uh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable, yeah. But um, um, what's going to happen next kind of fixes it almost instantly. Sonic rushes to Fiona, saying that the fact that Sonic, you know, forgot about her when you rescued Mighty and Ray way back when, and Scourge just intercepts him. In the race fight, Scourge admits, as much as, as, much as he likes fucking with Sonic, he kind of admits he actually does like Fiona. You know, in his world, all the people that he knows are kind of dark from the get-go, It's a little boring after a while, but Fiona chooses to be evil, and in his words, he finds that hot. Which, listen, Scourge, buddy, my man, as someone who also likes toxic women, (laughs) uh, yeah, sure. Sonic launches back towards him and says, I think I got you figured out, Scourge, as he ducks, Sonic crashes into a tree. 
Scourge sasses back, and he's lording over Sonic while he's down. And we actually see the art. The art here, magnifique. Tracy Yardley, magnifique. We see Scourge with like the sun to his back, I believe. His face all cast in shadow. Just saying, all it takes, Sonic, is one bad day and you'll be exactly like me. Scourge the Hedgehog Joker moment. Because this is a direct line from uh, The Killing Joke, by the way. Society. Sonic swipes Scourge down the legs and the positions are now reversed. Sonic now cast like in the light. We see his face perfectly clear. Direct quote. All it takes is a little bit of selflessness and decency. And you'll be exactly like me. I want to stop. Okay. I. This is something that's very interesting. Something that like I felt compelled to actually write down and not make jokes about. I want to note something here. The Penders versus Flynn style of writing, okay? In the past, we've come to learn that Ken Penders had the had like a certain like life philosophy, I'm going to go as far as to say. Predetermined destiny. That was a very big thing of like his entire comic run. That there are actions outside of our control that compel us to move forward in certain ways. Versus we see Ian Flynn's writing showing that, you know, even in these few moments you've seen of him, a lot of the actions that we take are completely of our own agency, you know, from a cosmic perspective. So I, I want to compare the two because I think that Ian Flynn writing Scourge like this creates just so much depth to this character. It's actually completely within the realm of possibility now that we can look in Scourge and say he's not evil or even a bad guy. Because, like, he's compelled to do so because he's from a world where all moral axes are flipped and he's just compelled to do these things because Sonic is just compelled to do good things. No, he is the way that he is because Scourge kind of wants to be. He wants to be, like, a jackass and just dislike. Not necessarily disliked. Scourge, for a lot of time, even in previous writings, does show envy towards Sonic, I think. He shows that he's envious to Sonic and having, like, sincere relationships, and he wants to feel respected. The kind of respect that Sonic gets regularly, because the respect he gets is basically just out of fear. Exactly. I think that um, the very next panel is also very telling of why, of the of the philosophy that, that we've just spoken about. Scourge says I with some question marks, but the face he's making isn't one of like cockiness, but it's this one of just pure anguish, fear. mental anguish, Angu anguish and fear. And he, because in that instant, he realizes that Sonic is actually right. Yeah, he'll he's never right. admit it, obviously. He'll never fucking admit it. But yeah, deep, deep down, he realizes, yeah, he's right. All it takes is just for like, just for him to show like a little bit of nicety and then people will just like him. He can exactly. be the hero that Sonic is. He can be, like, the well-worshipped, the well-loved, the well-respected individual that he clearly wants. But because of the actions that he took in his own life, uh, the moment's lost. Yeah. It's very funny how we went from, holy fuck, this is uh, a lot, to, yeah, this is really good writing. Damn, bro. If this was a Penders comic, I'd be sitting here blowing my brains out as I scream at the top of my lungs about how Penders talks about the fate and destiny of uh, Sonic and Scourge to be good and evil forever, respectively. 
Yeah, but now we actually can we can actually use our fucking brains. Can you imagine I that? Oh, dude. We can like we're having like a philosophical conversation of like what does this mean? Like yeah, this is a Sonic from a bad universe, but like is he does he even want to be bad per se? Cuz all he clearly wants kind of arguably is the same thing that Sonic wants. He wants community, he wants friendships, he wants relationships, he wants like something sincere in his life. And he doesn't have that. And he sees Sonic, who does have that, and is just, has like a mental battle with it. And when I referenced the killing joke, that was, like that. there's a more deeper uh, conversation I could have there as well. Because in that comic, it kind of went to show that the Joker is the way he is. Yeah, arguably because of like outside influences that, you know, influenced him. But also because like he kind of lost a battle within himself and became insane and the same thing can be said for scourge he faced a lot of outside influences that compelled him to be a certain way yes but he could very well easily just one day just decide no i'm gonna do good for once yeah it's also really interesting when you consider that um uh there is a depiction of the joker as a good guy which is uh batman white knight uh and it takes that concept and it actually runs with it which is interesting so yeah um that we, we I, I that think was that's our, that was our talk. That, that's, that's our talk. That's, that, that's our highlight segment. There we go. Yeah, that's our highlight segment for sure. So as mentioned before, Scourge uh is left speechless at that sentiment as Fiona fly kicks him away from Scourge, saying Sonic constantly holding back is what made him weak. Survival of the best, she says, as Amy comes in, nearly missing Fiona with her hammer. Just telling her, shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up. And Tails comes in too, saying while he can't bring himself to hurt Fiona, I'll, I'll wail myself out on Scourge, why don't I? But Scourge just says, that, eh, eh, no more, no more. And tells Fiona, come back with me. Activates his warp ring, and they're gone. And Sonic, b- being the bro, checks in with Tails. He says, he feels awful, but he'll live. Fiona is wrong, though. I can put my trust in you. And the Freedom Fighters, 100%. Poor boy still needs to work out his emotions, so he runs off, starting to cry a little bit. Says he wants to talk with his mom for a minute. And uh, Antoine runs into them as Tails is leaving, asking them, like, yo, what what the fuck happened here, man? And Sonic just <laughs> catches them up to speed. Fiona turned traitor. She's with Scourge now. And Antoine is left in a state of shock. Their enemies are growing in numbers. Sonic and Amy, follow me. And just asks him to come as he walks away. Sonic's asked, like, what are, you, what are you gonna do? And with a kind of a dark demeanor, a little pissed look in his eyes, he just says, and I quote, something I should have done long ago. That's what we'll end that story off on. Well, uh, there, there is a secondary story. Uh, Ian Flynn wrote it. Tana Del Rio did the art. And it's, it's a little short. It's not much going on there, but there is some, some interesting character conversations here. So, Amy is training with Julie Sue at the crack of dawn. First thing, lap around Knothole. Amy's uh, still a little sleepy, but is being encouraged by Julie Sue. At one point, running into a river in her sleep deprivation, but at least hey, that, that woke her up. And hours later, Amy is trying to fight while balancing on wood beams. Julie Sue's jodging like a champ, but she falls, faking out for Amy's sake, though, lands on top of her hammer, and Amy just calls it a timeout. And Julie Sue asks, you know, while she doesn't mind, why'd you ask me to train you? And basically, Amy admits, I want to impress Sonic. I can't keep up with him, so I just want to try something to, like, get his attention. 
You know, I kind of want what you have with Knuckles, yeah? And Julie Sue says, like, yeah, well, I mean, I can keep up with Knuckles when sparring, but, you know, our relationship is a lot more than that. And besides, if you want to better yourself, you should be doing it for your own sake, not someone else's. And while Amy does agree, she she boasts that saying she will one day be the prettiest, the strongest, and the best freedom fighter of every way, leaving Sonic to be the only one worthy for her, leading Julie Suda, faceplant. But at that moment, Sonic tells a Knuckles show up that says, hey, Eggman's causing some issues, you guys want to run along with us? And they're like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. Uh, and Amy just goes along thinking, yeah, one day, Sonic, you'll see that uh, I'm the best for you. Way, way to, like, uh, the point flying over her head. Amy moment. Uh, Sonic also mentions anyone else smell wet feet. Uh, you know, I think I, I, that's, I, not. I, that's all I need. Yeah, that's all, not. all I need to say. All I need to say. All 172, say. done. 173, we begin. Flynn Yardley, the creative team, as the norm. We open on a bombshell. On a nuke! Antoine, down on one knee, asks Bunny to marry him, which she instantly accepts. So this is obviously something that was a long time coming, even in the context of the comic. We had the edgy Antoine arc, who was not actually Antoine, and they rekindled their relationship. And Antoine has clearly realized, I gotta pop the question. I gotta put my dick out on the table, bro. And he did it. That's my boy. Look at this cowardly Frenchman growing up. Based. Based. And then at that scene, Amy kind of gives like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to Sonic saying, does this give you any ideas, buddy? It's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a nice break from all the drama today, though. And Antoine admits he had to build up this courage for weeks as Amy gets excited over about the dress as Buddy just like calms her down and says, well, where's Sally at? I, my best friend needs to know I'm getting married. We then move to the HQ. Sally and Rotor are calling Knuckles from the desert, saying he and the Chaotix are currently tracking down Rouge who supposedly stole the Master Emerald and will sell it to the highest bidder. We've And funnily enough, uh, they're using Julie Sue's cybernetics as the receiver, much to her chagrin. Very good moment there. That's just a cute <laughs> character moment. I like that yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's a very, very, very cute character moment. You know, Knuckles is, uh, they're talking, right? And you know, Knuckles is just dad and I are not speaking terms. And then, you know, mid-sentence, right? Uh, Victor, stop laughing at Julie Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like, that's good. That's fun. No, 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 it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. They're shocked to learn, though. Sally asking if, uh, you know, if I've informed you about the Master Emerald. Knuckles is like, no, we're not exactly on speaking terms right now. But look, I got a rough location on her. And the Chaotix will make sure that the next leg of Mina's World Tour goes as smoothly. Later that night... Sonic, Antoine, Bunny, and Sally split into two teams to scout in the marshlands. Sonic with Antoine mentions that he thinks it's a little silly that we're all out on a mission despite, you know, she immediately was told that you and Bunny just got engaged. And Antoine's just like, hey man, go along with it. It comes with the territory. At least Sally decided to come out with us on field duty. On Sally and Bunny's side, Sally admits that, hey, with everything going on, I kind of feel a little jealous and a little selfish too. Haven't done field duty in a while feel like I've been distant in general. And Bunny is just like, hey, happy you at least realize it. But hold that thought. Uh, our first guest has arrived. We then see Knack the Weasel on his hover bike approaching him, trying to arrest him, saying, listen, buddy, if you comply with us, we'll forget about the escaping prison charge. He does not comply. Bunny launching a punch towards him as he dodges and blasts near Bunny. 
Sonic and Antoine hear the fighting, and Sonic is about to rush in. Antoine draws his sword, saying, hey, just be confident in Sally's ability, she can't fight her for herself. Sonic does agree, but rushes in anyway. On their way, encountering Bean and Bark on their path, both on extreme gear. Uh, base department? Base department? Is that you? Is that you? Nah, this is really cool. I mean, it's a minor detail, but like... And specifically, if you're wondering, uh, where did they get that extreme gear? Bean just says, oh, we got them from, quote, deserting the armada in a rush. We'll get to that. Well, uh, then they also say that they're there because uh, their boss asked them to discreetly watch the Emerald. Sonic just disregards this and approaches Bean and, and just noogies him, saying that he owes him a headache from last time. And Antoine just sees the scene and just says, well, uh, I guess that means I gotta fight Bark, as he just slices Bark's gear clean in half. Now that's base <laughs> department, Colin. I think something that we should also mention is that uh, in the scene prior, when Antoine and Bunny were talking to Sonic and Sally respectively, right? It really does come to show, like, how much them as characters have grown. Like... Antoine is the voice of reason in that conversation, when before he would have been flailing around, panicking, you know, being French, Laval. <laughs> <laughs> and and Bunny would have just been, you know, quick to, to, to hop to action, but like, they've both matured a lot, and now they're the people they are today, and I, I think that's really, really cool, you know? Yeah, I love it. It's, it. it's just nice to see the characters that you've come to know and, like, change in a nice natural way it's growth it grows it's growth on them and also shows growth on us the reader now so bark is out as sally and bunny ride knack's bike with him knocked out sonic uh still tangling with bean on his gear but uh he's out enough so with them sally wants to go find rouge and we see her sitting on top of a tarp covering the emerald waiting for someone to approach as Mogul and Nagus arrive to make an offer, much to her shock. He was imprisoned, and Mogul said, yeah, yeah, he sure was, but after Finitivus freed the Destructix, I protected myself and Nagus with magic, as Adam came to rip the emerald out from my chest. Uh, my power is limited, so I, I need a little something-something. I need some juice. I need some juice. Nagus here, he's like, he doesn't even speak. I don't know what's going on with him. Ugh. Uh, so Nagus has been reduced to uh ape brain no think only hiss and as he's about to lift the tarp sonic lands right on top and mogul prepares to fight and notes that despite nagus has lost power he's just somehow gained the ability of shadow melding and can pop in and out of dark corridors i just transcribed this next part uh sonic and bunny 50 rings nagus pops out from behind yup she punches behind and knocks out nagus clean like come on <laughs> like Good. Come on. Good, Good moment. Good, Good moment. Mogul Mogul still wants to show a little bit of muscle. He's about to wield Ixus magic as Sally rides in, hitting Mogul on top of the head with the motorbike, knocks him out clean as well. They all have a nice little laugh about it as Sonic confronts Rouge over stealing the Master Emerald, to which Rouge is like, hey, whoa, 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 time out. She lifts up the tarp, and it's just a table with a green lantern underneath. It was a trap for the villains, a perfectly executed thank you very much. So Sally just asked Rouge, like, why didn't, you, why didn't you let us in on it? Just saying, I work alone. And uh, won't Knuckles be upset after thinking that his emerald was stolen and his homeland plunged into the ocean? Well, Knuckles seems like the guy who lets ends justify the means. It's all good. It's good. And after the cleanup, Antoine and Bunny ask if Sonic and Sally can 
be the best man and maid of honor at their wedding. And they agree, solidifying their relationship as friends. Hey, look at that. Rouge asks if they're done. Can I go now? And Sonic says, like, yeah, let, let's let's go home. Let's head back to Knothole. Meanwhile, on the Egg Fleet, Snively reports that Bean and Bark were probably captured. No matter, that it was probably a fake anyway, Eggman said, but he just sent them just to be sure. And besides, with this entire Egg Fleet, Sonic won't know what hit him. End to that story. A very crucial story. But we have a secondary story. One that's a little bit more cuter, and, you know, let's... Let's see what's going on. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. So we're we're in Knothole. We're in Sonic's house with his parents, and Sonic's dad shows a chow off. That followed Sonic home, asking Bernadette, hey, can, can we keep this cute little thing? And she says, like, yeah, sure, but what is this thing? Uh, wh- What did you do this time, Sonic? And he tells the story. Sonic says that Rotor picked up energy where the old ring grotto used to be. Him, Tails, and Knuckles were went went there to see what's going on. Only to find it's become a chow garden. Ah, it's the boys! Look at the little fuckers! Yeah, chow, 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 chow. I love we, these things. I, I Listen, I mean, it's been said a million times, but goddamn, I love the chow. Sega, make a mobile chow garden game. Put gotcha elements. You will fund the next five Sonic games. Anyway. We have said this, and I mean it. Just fucking do it! After they see them, the three are swarmed by chow. Knuckles says that Takal showed him in visions before that these gardens are more or less their natural environment and just enjoy being around people. So before heading back to do a report, they decide to to hang out with the Chow. And they learn that the Chow being around them lets them take on their basic traits. A Chow hanging around Sonic learned and uses his natural speed, tails his flight, and Knuckles his raw power. Being shown of uh, the Chow clinging onto Knuckles' dreads. Very cute. <laughs> also, I want to note that the Chow flying with tails is the flight Chow. It has the knight's wings. Very good. Thank you. Very, very cute based reference. Sonic acts where his Chow, uh, Chronic, went. Tells us, like, what the fuck is with that name, huh? And says, what do you mean? That's what I went for my Chow? The one that I was hanging with you can be Chails. Knuckles's can be called Chuckles. Unlike Sonic. He don't, he don't, he don't, bro. He don't chuckle. He don't chuckle. Tails then points to a cocoon, popping out Chronic, who went through its reincarnation cycle. They note that Chow have pretty short natural lifespans, so they do it to extend their life cycles. But hear hear a voice above, who else to crash the fun than with Eggman, coming in with a drill attached to the Egg Hawk to destroy the Chow Garden. That's 173, done. We We are two issues. We are two issues away from 175. Yeah, um, if you know anything about 175, who fucking boy. I'm going to warn you right now, uh, there is going to be a lot of discussion uh, in the next couple of issues. Uh, Uh We are probably going to have a lot of long talk. It's been a pretty long episode already for these comics. I don't care how long we go. Me neither. There's a reason. We've we've, We've got some spicy meatballs here for you guys. 174, Sonic 174, Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. We open. The Freedom Fighters are getting ready for Bunny and Antoine's wedding. Chuck's helping Sonic put on a suit, saying, you know, he's happy to help out Antoine like this. Tails comes in to grab him, saying goodbye to his mom and dad as they get ready for the wedding themselves. Sonic and Tails then go to Antoine's house. 
Sonic busts and tails with chops a little bit, saying, hey, you know, you're looking real good there, buddy. Uh, you looking to meet anyone? Hey, Tails just says, hey, knock it off, dude. He kind of admits in a moment of weakness that he wishes he could have been with Fiona. But Sonic is just like, hey, man, cheer up. You can do way better than her. And they go into Antoine's basement. The Chaotix are there with him anyway, trying to hype him up as he's clearly nervous. Everyone's suited up. Knuckles in his uh, traditional echidna wear. Looking very nice. Very spiffy. <laughs> he's, uh, he's kid. Listen, listen. Knuckles drip? Knuckles drip? Knuckles drip moment? Come on, yeah. look at this, man. So Sonic goes to Knuckles. Uh, Surprise Vector is the one trying to talk Antoine down. But ask where Espio is. And Knuckles says he's uh, out on a mission. Alone. Then we move to see him. We- we're getting like a narration moment. We see Espio uh, going through Eggman City. His camouflage making him invisible to the rest of the world. Stealth missions are his forte. But he's not invincible. He sure is not. Then Sonic then goes to Bunny's house to say hi. Rosie answers, saying, what are you doing here? Go bother the groom. Uh, saying, the Chaotix beat me to it. Is there anything that I can do? Can I help out a little bit? And they have a little back and forth, leading Rosie to shove out Amy, saying, entertain the flower girl till the ceremony. <laughs> Even, like, Bunny saying, come on, that was a little cruel. But it was a little funny. Sally <laughs> responds and agrees. Yes, it is very funny. Let's fuck up Sonic a little bit. Come on, he deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. Bunny loves how the dress looks on her. Everyone just is so happy that she and Antoine are tying the knot today. Bunny and Rosie then messes a little with Sally, saying, what? You gonna be next, honey? You gonna be marrying someone brave and handsome and blue? And to (laughs) which she's like, yeah, uh uh-huh. I'm happy being single. Thanks. As they all burst into laughter. But while those happy moments are going on, Espio's doing his due diligence. He's infiltrating a factory, looking for anything, and he runs into a large mech. He thinks it has battle armor. It's very important. In the castle hall, the whole of the kingdom is coming to the ceremony. Sonic runs into Julie Sue and Knuckles. Julie Sue's wearing an outfit similar. And Sonic's like, hey, come on, so when are you two gonna tie the knot, huh? Julie Sue says, haha, uh, no. I don't like dressing up like this. Plus, the Dark Legion never had ceremonies like this. And Knuckles says, hey, listen, ceremony or not, my word to Julie Sue is more important. And it's just very nice. That's, come on. Like, it's a, is, like that's a Knuckles moment, I, 100%. We'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but um, the contrast right now. Striking. Wonderful. Let us continue. Sonic runs off saying, I'll see you guys at the reception. So Sonic rushes to the throne room to meet Sally and her family, King Elias and Max and Alicia. And so the, you know, Sonic and Sally are busting each other's chops a little bit, saying, Oh, Sonic, not, it's pretty common for you to waste time to the last minute. Sonic saying, A lot more fun than being an OCD worrywart. They go back and forth insulting each other. Sonic's insolent. Sally's a prude. And Alicia just looks on at them, saying, Oh, Max, do you remember when we used to teach each other like that? Young love, huh? And Sally says, I don't know what you mean. I'm not teasing. And Sonic says, oh, well, I mean, I, I mean, I am. I think it'd be treason otherwise. <laughs> based. Very based. Very based. And Elias is like, ah, Sonic, don't worry about it. Like, as far as I'm concerned, you're family. And you almost were at one point. Make it everything awkward. Great job, buddy. Great yeah, job. Eli- Eli- Elias, listen, you're, you're a pretty all right character. But, but come on, man. Like, like, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> shut the fuck up. And now, Tails' parents then come in. Elias welcomes them and thanks Amadeus for leading the honor guard. 
Pleasure is all his. And as they turn their back, Amadeus mutters, Soon you won't have much more power left than this. And Tails comes up to give a guest list to his dad and catches that mutter and asks what he means by that. And he tells Tails, your mom and I have been out in space for a long time. So long that, you know, I have some ideas for how kingdoms and societies in general should be run. You know, to better the lives of the people of Nothole, of course. It's also very important. Leave it, leave, put, a, put, a, put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Yeah, put a, put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. So, regardless, uh, Tails notes there is someone missing from the guest list I gave them, though. Espio, who we then move to see him hacking into an Eggman computer. And comes up with uh, some data files. And finds out about a plan. A very upcoming plan. And upon reading it, is left mortified. And he runs. Not bothering to camouflage himself either. And because of that slip-up, he's discovered. We then go back to the ceremony. Elias is officiating the wedding. The ceremony in the whole of the kingdom. Saying that they too have shown countless courage and bravery to make it to today. And it's worthy of celebration. As Espio is now running out, dodging attacks left and right. As he's making his escape, Antoine and Bunny are exchanging their rings and vows. As Espio is surrounded... Elias pronounces them husband and wife, a nice full art spread of the ceremony as well. Espio is cornered by Eggman. He's clearly panicking. All he can say, you know, sweat beating down to saying, you will not get away with this. They'll come for me as he's locked in by a laser blast that turns into solid matter saying, ah, well, clearly you did not read the report. Clearly they don't stand a chance. And that's where we'll end this story off on. And uh, we'll go to the tonal shift of the secondary story. We're picking up right with the chow. Right back from there. Flynn Yardley, again, the creative team. Eggman says that he's just here because he detected an energy spike and wants to drill for these power rings. And Sonic says, Uh, buddy, there are no rings here anymore. Just chow. Uh, Chaos Emeralds? No. Nope. Power Gems? You invented them. Nope. Those... <laughs> Uh, did, I, did I already ask about the magic rings? Yes and no. Uh, they're just chow here, buddy. And says, well, I'm going to turn this drill on anyway. I came all this way. A little bit of wanton destruction. <laughs> Fuck it! <laughs> From pressing the button. He drops the drill, leaving Knuckles to dive into the lake to catch it. Sonic is flown up by Tails to homing attack and knock it down. But it has rockets attached to keep it level. No good there. And then we see some of the chow that Knuckles was with are helping him to hold it up as Tails comes up with an idea. So Tails flies up to a rocket and fucks with its wiring a little bit and calls out for Sonic, Yo, buddy, hit it again! He launches from a uh, cliffside nearby and he hits it squarely. The rockets make the drill launch up into the Egg Hawk and take it out. And Eggman flies off. Swearing revenge. And now we go back on the ground. We see the boys celebrating. A fantastic line from Sonic. If I'm bad, you bad, we bad. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love, I love, I love characterization like this. It's, it's so good. Um, but Chow Garden unfortunately still got destroyed. Yeah. So the backup is the Lake of Rings, of course. So... All these Chows make their new home in the Lake of Rings. Has enough potent magical energy to keep them sustained. And after hearing that story, Sonic Son just says, Oh, oh, that's nice. You did, you did a nice little deed, son. Good job. But uh, I'm thinking that the Chow you brought home is spending a little too much time with Dad. And they turn 
to see the Chow now taking on robotic qualities, kind of looking like Omo Chow. Cute. Yeah, come on. I like I, I like that little side story. It's very come on. It's very cute and a very tonal shock as we're gonna go. Oh boy! Oh boy! We're here, guys. Sonic the Hedgehog number one seventy five. The new era. Ian Flynn and Tracy Yardley's first milestone comic. Let's let's just give him a hand. Predetermined because we know what's coming. So, I want you to remember many of the things that we've talked about. Janitorial duty, correcting mistakes, preparing, foreshadowing, building. And here we are. This is the moment where it all comes together. Where it all finally condenses into one of the best comics this entire publication. Now, without further ado... We open on the Egg Fleet flying over Knothole, about to drop in. As Sonic is in the is with the Chaotix, Vector and Mighty, they're looking like they're having a good time. I they're they're I think they're playing some melee on the GameCube. Come on, they have GameCube controllers. Look at them. They're playing. They're playing on the the, the peak console. They're probably playing melee. They're probably you know? playing melee. And I mean, okay, you know what? It's joke time now. Uh, Vector definitely playing Bowser. Uh, Mighty. Ganondorf. Uh, th- that's my suggestion. Yeah, agreed, 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 agreed. They don't know any tech though. They're they're just they're they're having a good time with items. They're, yeah. they're having fun. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're having, having fun. fun. And yeah. Knuckles just says, "Hey guys, Espio's still missing. Uh, let's do something about that." And Julie Sue just says, "Hey, don't worry about it. It's Espio. He'll live. And honestly, if we go look for looking for him, he might be out upset. So just chill out." But Rouge comes in and just says, well, I don't know. And she's like coddling up to Knuckles a little bit physically. Just says, maybe, maybe we should trust the Guardian's intuition and go look. There's a banter back and forth. And Sonic is just, just sulking with his guitar. Sally's saying that this should be, you know, I I think this is a good thing right now. We can afford to lie back and just relax a little bit. And Sonic agrees. Villains on the decline. Knothole is booming. The monarchy is young and strong. And at this rate, we can beat back Eggman sooner or later. To which they see Tails sulking in the distance. You know, he, he's been a little off lately. What's been going on? And Tails goes into the brain trust room and tells Nicole to run a diagnostic on herself. The system seems like it's a little sluggish. Maybe Snively did something before he left. And as she's doing that, Rotor comes in and asks Tails, Hey, you alright, man? You, do, you doing good? And Tails basically says, Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I just feel like it's been a little difficult to prove myself lately, you know? But hey, I have my family back. My fam- my, my friends are here with me. I think everything's fine, you know? And Nicole finishes the diagnostics. Immediately, the system is compromised. We are under fucking attack. So, I would like to take over for a bit. Please. Freedom Fighter HQ's top is destroyed. Snively, in a war mech, rips the ceiling off. Rotor is hit by uh, some debris. Square on the back. Teleported away. Snively, in his war mech, starts doing the same. Blasting all of the, uh, everyone around him. Rouge, Julie Sue, and Vector are the first to go. Sonic is in disbelief. Snively just vaporized three of their friends. Sally orders Bunny. Get out of here. Give us some room. But it's no use. Snively catches her, and, well, (laughs) 
<laughs> well. Starts starts blasting everyone. Sally, Ray, Antoine, Mighty. Mighty is uh, about to have a moment, folks. Just... Yes, Mighty is about to have have a moment. Uh Cinnamon, wait, is it, is it Saffron? Saffron. Saffron and Charmier are blasted. And then Bunny, about to be blasted. Snively, I suppose I shouldn't separate the newlyweds. Brace yourself, Bunny. This burns. And then Mighty hits him with the, the right hook. The right uppercut, you know? Mm-hmm. He says, and uh, <laughs> I'll let you take over. Holy shit. So Tails is in a bit of a shock. Knuckles wants to go in, but Sonic is holding him back, saying, L- No. Mighty has gone fucking berserk. You don't want to get caught up in that. And we see Mighty's just got, like, all the aggro buffs on him now. So Mighty, in his aggro state, rips the arm off Snively's mech, screaming, How could you do that to Ray? He would never hurt you. And he bashes the mech with the arm he ripped off until it breaks. And it's downed, but Snively manages to vaporize Mighty, saying, you want to be with him so bad? Here you go. And Sonic is about to finish the job as Snively self-destructs the mech and flies off, saying, I was only the distraction, buddy. And Amy and Knuckles are seen holding up debris above them and Tails, who just tells Sonic, go and save their families. The rest of Knothole is under attack. And Sonic... Don't worry, guys. I'm fast enough to get there in time to save everyone. Knothole is in ruins. The Lake of Rings. Uncle Chuck's diner. His neighborhood. His house. Everything is gone. But the castle is still standing. Elias got everyone into the castle. It'll be safe there. I can get there and help hold up. No. Gone. In an instant. Destroyed. And out of the flames. It's about time you showed up, Rodent. Sonic is is unable to process this. Taking away everything he ever cared for. Everyone he ever cared for. And he says that they are captured. Snively and I used an enhanced teleport beam. Much like what I used on Mammoth Mogul and his crowd. They've been transported to my egg grapes. There it will all end. Sonic tries to be heroic. Nice try, Doc. Snively didn't zap me and I get to save the day like always. Eggman's response? Silly boy, I told Snively to leave you for me. Holy fuck. So you want to know how we've talked before about how like Eggman can be the intimidating force? There you go. Here you go. There it is right for you. And let's drive that point home even further. Yeah, why not? Eggman launches his attack, launches rockets off the mech, and we see Sonic riding some of them. Eggman taunting him, how can you retain your confidence after all your failures with Tommy and Connery? And even you know, going a little below the belt, personal stuff with Sally, Mina, and Fiona. Even mentioning the fact that he never derosbotticized his friends and family, and your dad is still a robot. Direct quote, how come you're here all alone? And Sonic, no time for bants, no time for jokes, just screams, shut up, as he hits the mech's bumper shield. Eggman asking, oh, is that the best comeback you got? Whatever, you don't stand a chance against the Empire anyway. And then from that mech, Eggman 
throws out a ball whip and chain from the free hand, flailing it to hit Sonic as he's running. Sonic says, you've constantly failed to beat us back, Eggman. Eggman says, yeah, that may be true. But is Mobius any more free than it was years ago? Fair question. And that is why King Max's attempts to rally support failed. And he knew it was a long shot because the world fears Eggman at the end of the day. Despite the run, Eggman gets a clean hit with the flail on Sonic and is downed. A little dizzy. But he gets back up. But he gets hit and is shot down again and again and again. Eggman saying that this battle armor was specifically designed to outclass you, Sonic, in your speed and strength. And the only reason you can stay this resilient is because all those magic rings you collected over the years. So that he can toy with Sonic more than he reasonably should. And that screens that Sonic has reached his limit. There comes a time in every comic, in every story, in every series, where there is an instance where heroes break, if even for a second, if even for a moment. Let me take over, if you would. Egad, Snively, track the hedgehog via the egg spy satellite. Where did he go? I'm tracking him now, sir. He's, he's moving a lot faster than you calculated he could. Just get me his location. He, he, where, Snively, where? He's already on the East Coast. Now, I also want to point out the map that we're looking at right here. This is, like, we've already explained this before. Post-apocalyptic Earth. So, Not Hole is in, like, continental America. Specifically, the position we're at here. Uh, we see Not Hole, as far as their position goes, somewhere in, like, Colorado. Okay? Then we see Sonic's location is at, on a beach... And New Jersey. I bring this up because Sonic, from my calculations, has ran the equivalent of at least 1,700 miles instantly. Sonic, the we have to display the panel. It's up. It it's up. already up there. It's already up there. This is the panel that sticks with me no matter how many years go by. This is the panel that reminds me why I gave a fuck about Archie Sonic this panel because it's so perfect limit i've got your limit right here this is something we have never seen this in any media ever again and we've seen sonic right here with like a crazed but adrenaline rush in his eye he's revving up he is charging up i've got your limit right here and yes you're right this is like the only time in any like Sonic media we've ever seen him like this. This is Sonic at the brink. This is Sonic in a state of pure and utter desperation. The mask, the bravado, the heroics, it all comes off for this one single panel. It's perfect. And I mean that. It is perfect. It perfectly encapsulates the moment that I think the reader should be feeling as well. Down and out. Nothing good on the horizon. All options have been exhausted. And now you have Sonic understanding this moment. And you just see what else can he do other than what he's about to do right now. He, he takes off. Goes. Snively is saying, watch out, sir. Eggman bracing himself. Sonic giving it everything he's got with one last attack. Hitting him with such an intense force. It pushes the robot back. 
slamming him into the rubble. Sonic, shaken. How's that for my limit, Eggman? And his reply, it's just fine, Sonic. Although I am a little upset that you dented the shield. Like I said, Sonic, you're outmatched, outclassed, you're not fast enough, you're not strong enough, and you certainly aren't smart enough to defeat me. I'm going back to New Megalopolis now. Once I've freshened up, I'm going to turn on the egg grapes. Everyone you've ever known or cared for will be turned into fuel for my city. And you'll be left here, helpless. I'm not playing with you, Rodent. Run. Run all over the world and try to start a new Freedom Fighter group. You will find no one. So run for the rest of your life and never escape the humiliation of today. Ian Flynn set this up. He set this up this whole time. This is the culmination of everything from the Penders era and his era right here. Perfect. This is this comic alone, like the screen of you've seen of Sonic of like the crazed look in his eye, the adrenaline lush. That's one of the other uh, another panel that's taken out of context a lot of times. And yeah, yeah, it looks funny out of context. Yes, but you're doing a disservice here because this is an emotionally charged moment. Eggman, all thing from all looks and considerations, has won. Has won. One, and we're not talking about a, a, a small victory, no. Total victory. He is, he is one entirely. The speech itself is, is so perfect. Because it, the, the veil of, of, I guess, of guess, you know, of, of play. That sort of has always predicated the back and forth between Eggman and Sonic is gone. Eggman is talking like a dictator, like a warlord. Like the person who his title suits. A mad doctor on a goal for world destruction and conquest. And in this instant, he is more than more of that than anything. And it is beautiful. Eggman launches away. He's done. Sonic is down and out. And Tails rushes to him in tears. They dug themselves out. So we're fine. And Sonic says, all right. Good. Don't worry about these injuries. Uh, I'll live. I'll heal. And as long as I'm still breathing, I still have a chance. Tells Tails, get Amy and Knuckles. We're going to Eggman's place. We got a party to crash. That's the end of 175. But now this is also another perfect encapsulation of Sonic's character. No matter how many times he's down, no matter how many times he's out, none of it matters. As long as I can still fight, I can still win. Perfect. Nailed it. Beautiful. If you're wondering, oh, oh God, oh Jesus Christ, what could happen here? Well, let's find out. Let's move on to 176. Flynn and Yardley, once again, the creative team. Amy and Knuckles rush to Sonic, and she just asks what happened, tears in her eyes. Sonic says, Knothole has been raised. All of our friends and family have been put into egg grapes for fuel for Eggman City. Sonic tells the three of them, put together Freedom Fighter HQ. Uh, I'm just going to go to the lab. I'll scrounge something together to help Eggman. And Tails just rushes after him saying, well, hey, Sonic, wait. Give me a minute. I'll build something to give you a boost. 
And Sonic just snaps at him, saying, I'll handle it myself. And Tails snaps back. Direct <laughs> <It's>... quote. Di- <laughs> direct quote. Like you handled it a minute ago? Like you helped a lot back there. Do you even have a plan? Or do you intend to just get beat again? And Amy and Knuckles are shocked to see him respond like that. The shock that they're two fighting like this. And they're staring each other down. And this is a... The, the, the tensions between these two have been rising a lot in the past couple of issues. We'll get to that. Good, very good moment. Very good moment that somebody is calling Sonic out on his bullshit. Good, good, good. But also there is the underlying moment from Tails as well, which again, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So Nicole then chides in from her handheld in the rubble, says, hey, hold on. I have an idea. We move to the Egg Grape Vineyard. Eggman is boasting to his captives, saying, Thanks for the entertainment and resistance all this time. It'll make running my empire so much more enjoyable. As we then see the four remaining Freedom Fighters are assembling a hovercraft. He praises the Freedom Fighters for their resilience, as annoying as they were, as he looks onto the Chaotix. He then begins to goad the House of Acorn, Max in particular, saying he was foolish to let his inexperienced son take the crown. He was the weakest king I've ever had to dealt with. Elias taking that personally. This is also a very important moment. Yes, super, super important. So while this is going on, um, you know, and Eggman is doing his bravado, Sonic and the crew fixing one of their hovercrafts, them going through the destruction and the rubble, rushing along as fast as they can to Eggman's, uh, Eggman City. And finally, finally, Eggman, he's ready. He's going to demonstrate just what the egg grapes can do. The process will be accelerated, but nonetheless potent. Just to make sure you're all good and terrified before the end. Charmy is selected as the very first candidate. Sonic and the crew making their final rescue or attempt at rescue Eggman now taunting Charmy haven't I already ruined your life destroyed your kingdom or some such right and Charmy replies that yes you have despite all that I fought for our world no matter what you do to me I will still fight for Mobius and I'm not alone brave last words snively with pleasure sir and in that moment bam the quintessential classic four Sonic Tails Knuckles and Amy crash the party. Don't start the party without us, Robotnik. Wait, what's with the light? And they see Charmy, well, uh, you know, uh, getting turned into a living fuel, you know, haha. Ha. Ooh, uh, boy. This has long lasting ramifications, by the way. Yes. We'll get to very that. Very long lasting. We'll get yeah. to that. So Sonic rushes up to save Charmy, and on their way up, Amy and Knuckles smash each pod to free everyone inside as he reaches the bridge, breaking through Charmy's pod, and he looks fried. Eggman and Snively run, Snively being chastised for missing the other three. In insane classic Snively fashion, yeah, three out of hundreds. Shut the fuck up. And Tails connects Nicole. She only needs a minute to do what she does. Quack looks at Charmy. He doesn't have his tools, but from the looks of things, he at the very least seems stable. Sonic got to him in time. And then Sally asks how Sonic is. He'll live. Toy Sia says, all right, we move. Tails unplugs Nicole, saying she'll finish the last preparations at home. And Tails just asks what she means by that. All that she says is, you'll see. 
Sally leads the charge of not-whole citizens out of the city. Nicole will explain everything, Sonic says. But they're all stopped by Eggman's mech that fucked up Sonic a little earlier, and starts to recapture everyone that escaped, using a larger spread to capture three at a time now. Sally is panicking over Sonic, but Snively in the moment is trying to talk to Eggman, who's trying to warn him about something, and brushes it off. All but a full hand now recaptured, and now the rest are at a dead end. Snively again tries to warn him about the teleportation beam, but is brushed off once again. As Sally is panicking, Sonic says, Don't worry about it. If I tell you now, the surprise will be spoiled. And Sally is hit, beamed out, and Eggman gloats over Sonic's two failures in one day, as now he's beamed away. And then Eggman calls to Radio Snively, saying, Snively, don't start the greats till I get there. And Snively screams, Hey, I was trying to tell you from the beginning. The teleportation beam was compromised. There's no one in the egg grapes. Everyone you shot was transported to the Nanite City. And there, we see Tails, Bunny, Antoine, Amy, and Rotor. Tails surprised to see that Nicole was able to recreate the Lake of Rings. Antoine happy to see everyone's homes are rebuilt. And Elias points something out to his dad. The old castle acorn was rebuilt from before Robotnik's takeover. To which a voice behind them says, Well, that's exactly why I intended, your highness. And Sonic is the first to point out Nicole, in her physical form, saying that Eggman doing this thing made her rush this little side project, but welcome to new Mobotropolis. And Sally hugs Nicole, seeing that she's surprised she can maintain this physical form, and she says, Listen, it's fine. The nanites that constructed this city are strong enough to maintain a form, and I have a backup of several holographic matrixes. It's all good. And as for defenses, well, everything will be explained in time. Uh, don't celebrate too much, though. It won't take long for Eggman to figure out what happened, and to try to finish what he started. End of 176, and... Instantly, from despair we bring hope. We're huffing that hopium, boys. Dude, I'm 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 ODing on it right now. <laughs> Let's finish off tonight. Let's finish off our final comic tonight. Sonic the Hedgehog, number 177. Flynn and Yardley, once again, the creative team. Nicole recaps the events that brought us here. She built new Mobotropolis out of the Nanite City as a new haven after the destruction of Knothole. However, Mogul and the villains are still up and about. Mogul Chef's puffed out declares his superiority. Nicole mentions that he had a, that, that she has a contingency for this. And warps all the villains away to an underground prison. And Knack in his cell just throws his hat on the ground pissing. How many times am I going to be thrown into a cell through these fucking freedom fighters? <laughs> Damn bro, he's balding. He can't handle it. He's so mad the captions had to be censored. Yeah. A as Eggman is firing into the city though. Shields are put up to protect the dwellings. Nicole has to sacrifice her form to prioritize energy to the shields. But don't worry, Sally. I'll always be nearby. The bombardment continues. The shields are still up and strong, and Elias just tells everyone, go to their homes, keep your loved ones safe. And Elias then tells Sonic to go get medical attention. Backed up by Sally, he complies. He then goes to <laughs> Quacks. Sonic himself says that he doesn't need any special treatment, as he sees Rotor on a stretcher, saying, well, hey, this is what happens when you catch a couple hundred pounds of rock on your back. Doc says, though, I'll be fine after some therapy. Don't know the same about Charmy, though. 
Yeah. <laughs> Where? Let, let's finish this up, though. Quack is with Charmy and Saffron, noting that Charmy has been given severe head trauma, including memory loss. Him talking as if he regressed to an eight-year-old kid. Now, I want to stop here, and I need to address this. So, one of the mandates that Ian Flynn was given when he took over the comics is uh, to bring all of the characterization of these you know, Sonic characters to their game counterparts. So, when uh, the Chaotix were reintroduced in Sonic Heroes... Charmy went from his original introduction as about a 16-year-old to an 8-year-old kind of hyperactive character. So, in doing so, because Ian Flynn did not want to necessarily just erase characterization, basically gave uh, Charmy severe head trauma to regress him to the state that Sega mandated him to do. Now, if you're feeling a a little iffy about that, yes, that's the correct emotion. That's an iffy thing to feel about that. Even Ian Flynn today, when he's asked about this, he admits that that was just kind of a kind of a mistake on his part. If he were, if he had to do it again today, he would try to do something different. It was an inexperienced thing of him to do in his career. He admits that up front. Yeah, I think it's fair for him to admit that. It's it's a very uh, questionable. Decision. It's a questionable take, but again. Need I remind you, it brings up yet another comparison about him and Ken Penders, because Penders would just try to justify this to the high heavens, and Ian Flynn just shows up with his chest held high, his head puffed out. He's just saying, yeah, no, I fucked up. I should not have done that. Sorry, guys. Yep, yep, and that's completely fine. So, Quack just tells Sonic, well, this is better than the worst case scenario, and we won't know the fullest extent until enough time has passed. Quack chats on Sonic, though. You're okay due to the residual magical ring energy and gets a clean bill of health. Duck calls Sonic. You're his last patient. So I'm packing up, closing up shop. I need to spend time with my family right now. Eggman continues to bombard Numo Metropolis. And then we move to the Master Emerald Chamber on Angel Island. We see Phanidivis chanting a perversion of Takal's prayer. The servants are the seven chaos. As Scourge yells at him that Dimitri fucked off and is probably going to blab about his plan to Knuckles. And Phineticist says, ah, that's part of the plan, Scourge. After all, nothing's will stop the return of Enerjack. In the city, Sally and Bunny are up in a tree looking out onward. Sally saying she's happy to see something that she remembers. Antoine trying to hold on while he's climbing the tree. But Bunny brings him in and secures him. Then Sally, wind catching her hair, tries to look back at the good old days, you know. Bunny first joined the Freedom Fighters back way when she just wanted to be Sally's hairdresser. So on that note, she wants a favor. Meanwhile, in the Egg Fleet, Snively is bombarding the city per Eggman's orders as he's prepping the battle suit up. Snively's nonplussed about the situation, though, as he's then hit with laser shots outside his cockpit. It's a lone ship, though, but he demands the fleet to hold fire. Of all people who could expect Snively to see... But Hope Kintobor, his stepsister. Oh, here it comes! Here it comes, dude! I, I, I can't. I can't. Okay, I got I gotta do it. I gotta talk. Do about it. This do part. it. Snively's freaking out. Hope is fucking pissed. We only got to know each other for a few weeks, but you were fucking family. I trusted you. I took your advice and went to the United Federation to see if it was right for me. But then I came home to Knothole and it was gone. All because of you. 
I can't bear to show my face to the Mobians now. I trusted you over them. They took me in and I left on your advice. So I'm going back to the human and overlander cities. I'm going to become the best engineer ever. And then I'm going to help kick both Eggman and your butts. Then maybe our family name will be worth something. Ouch. Snively is feeling it. Rightfully so. Because for once in his life, he's seeing some repercussions of his actions on a personal level. Hope is crying. Snively is crying. He can't answer the question. Sir, command a fire. And he just sit stands there. Tears in his eyes. It's hit him. He fucked up. Hard. Now, we look back to Numa Metropolis. Tails' family looks on at the bombardment. And his dad saying that this shakeup may just be the thing we need to get popular support for my reforms. And Merlin just says, hey, be careful. Be careful, brother. Any more treasure and the monarchy may snap. This is incredibly important. I know I've been, I've been saying this a lot this episode, but it really is. This is going to be the factor for the next episode. Tails, though, still shows support for his dad and is on his side no matter what. Insert, this is very important here. Eggman in his mech, though, shows up and is pummeling the shield. Now Eggman is ballistic. He took Mobotropolis the first time. He let him take refuge in the forest. And now they stole one of his cities. He will not let this final victory be robbed of him. But Sonic calls out to him. And Eggman lands, excited to get to fight Sonic again. But this time, Sonic's not alone. And Sally calls the Freedom Fighters to move, and they all storm his mech. Bunny changes her arm into a Mega Buster and fires a charged shot, ripping apart the armor. Mighty slices the mech in half, and the second line moves in to slash at the bottom half of the neck. All as Sonic just gloats about his time with his friends and how they've always been there for him. The mech is gone. I want to read it out. For all your smart stock, you totally miscalculated us. Did you really think we'd just roll over and give up? Did you think I was the only hero on Mobius? I can handle just about anything you can dish out. But on the rare occasion I can't, my friends always can. Face it, Eggman. You don't have a leg to stand on. You said all this was a game to you? We've chosen to continue. Game on, Robotnik. And Sally hits him with, You're trespassing on royal grounds. As princess, I order you to retreat back to New Megalopolis. But uh, Eggman does not take the suggestion kindly and screams at the Egg Fleet to fire at their positions. But as the rockets land, a shield is instantly made around them. Nicole projects herself outside of the city to Eggman, saying that her friends are showing much more mercy than you deserve. I strongly recommend you leave. A flying mech swoops down to pick up Eggman, saying this is war, and one day they will all be annihilated. And as he leaves, Sonic notices Sally's new haircut, reminiscent of her original design, something for her just to represent that now my heart and mind are back on track. And the Freedom Fighters celebrate <laughs> outside the city, All's well that ends well. So I just want to point out that Ken Pender's janitorial duties have continued as he literally wrote shitty hair Sally out of the cat of, out of existence. <laughs> and I think on that note, well, first off, that's the final issue we've got. That's the uh, the end of this uh, uh, 
comics we've got to talk about. But yes, janitorial duty is done. Now, with everything that Ian Flynn has set up, now we can truly begin to let the wheels go in motion. And if you've been paying attention to how many times I've said this is very important about Tails and what he's feeling and what his dad is planning, that's the focus of the next episode. The next issue we cover will be that arc's very beginning. And I just want to, before we finish off, before we go home, I just want to, I just have to praise Ian Flynn. Because in the midst of his cleanup duty, he's given us a fantastic arc with fantastic characterization. We've seen these characters go through like heavy emotional moments. We got to see two characters finally get married, all the while Eggman just raises their home and just shows off how truly maniacal and brutal he can be. It is just... It's art. Like, this is what the Sonic comics could have been this entire time should any of the writers have cared enough to just learn about these characters, to play the games. Maybe it is Sega's fault for not including them more in the creative process. That's fair. That that point is fair. But Ian Flynn, who grew up on these comics, who had a lot of memory and just had a, such fine attention to detail, offering a lot of times a lot of un, uh, unsolicited criticism and suggestions, but that led him to this point. That led him to where he is today as the longtime, longstanding head writer for the Sonic the Hedgehog comic books. And it shows. This introduction to his career, it speaks a million words. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's great. I mean, what do you want me to say? It's all smiles from here on out, folks. All smiles, boys. We have a very interesting arc with uh, Tails, his parents, the political machinations that are be upcoming. Don't be scared off because I said political. Ken Penders is long gone, folks. Yeah, he's not going to try and hit us with the centralist views anymore, bros. He's not going to give us weird Nazis. No more. No, 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 no. We're talking about good stuff. Dingo Nazis. And more importantly, though, Fernandivis has been alluding to his own plans. And, um, hmm, 178. I think we're going to cover that next episode. I think we're going to get to cover that. Are you ready to watch Ken Penders be tore down in real time? Because I am. I'm so excited, folks. I'm so excited. And, folks, that's the end of the Archie Sonic Digest for today's episode. Stick around, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash sonicspeed for as low as $2 a month. You'll get that episode when it's ready. Because after this, I know for a fact you're going to want to hear what happens next. And you're going to want it when it's ready. And of course, with uh, $2 a month, you'll get uh, our bonus show covering uh, the Sonic X comics. And in the future, a little something else. A little something else. A little something else. A little something else. Bye, folks. We'll see you there. See ya.